You're listening to Fidein Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Pentecost Sunday, 2022, entitled, Tongue Tied. It was 1985, and I was 15 years old, and in my sophomore English class, Barbara Mathis came and sat down right next to me, and my heart melted. (laughs) I thought she was the cat's meow. But I was only 15, and I didn't have a car, so I couldn't exactly ask her to the dance. I had to wait till I was 16, at least I thought. But I remember, because in those days, when you called a girl, You had to, like, call their house, and their dad might answer. So I remember finding out her father's name and finding him in the phone book. Remember that? Those things? Remember those? And as I sat down and dialed the number, I couldn't help but notice my chest was doing this. And I began to sweat, praying that she would answer. She did not. I picked up and it was, hello? Hello, Mr. Mathis, my name is John Gozaldo. Can I please speak to Barbara? Who? This is John, my name is John Gozaldo. I was wondering if I could speak to Barbara. Hold on. Barbara, it's for you. Who is it? Some guy named John Gonzalez. And I don't know. know. See, I don't know him. It wasn't going well at all. I don't remember all the details. I do remember her finally getting on the phone. And at that moment, I would have what theologians would say, a Tower of Babel moment. (laughs) My tongue froze, swole in my mouth and got twisted. I don't know what I said. I don't know if I said anything. It didn't go well. I think she hung up. A few years later, she got married. It was fine. She was fine. But that Tower of Babel moment is exactly that, when you get tongue-tied, mostly out of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of being, fear of failure, or fear of being being, um, exposed. But today we celebrate the great solemnity of Pentecost, which is also what theologians would call the anti-Tower of Babel when tongues were not tied, but then when they were loosened and they could understand each other even though they were speaking different languages. When tongues were untied, especially the disciples who just a few hours before were in the fetal position, curled up in the corner because something had happened to them. Not something had happened to us, some to them. Someone had happened to them. The Holy Spirit took over, imbued them, filled them, even their tongues. And all of a sudden, especially Peter, if you keep reading in Acts 2, who used his mouth and his tongue to sin gravely when he said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. All of a sudden, his tongue's been loosened and he is singing praises to God, being persuasive, being courageous, being clear, even to the point where they said, brothers, what must we do? And then he said, 
with a loose tongue and with courage and faith, repent and be baptized for the washing away of your sins. He used his tongue to invite, to build up, to strengthen, to inspire. Because it really is our tongues that make us different from the rest of the world. Now I know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are multiple. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. But today I'd like to talk about the one called counsel. Using this area of your body to build up, to renew, to speak the truth. Because I would say, if we were to put it on scales, most of our sins are sins that come out of our mouth or things that don't come out of our mouth. We can lie with our mouths and tongues. We can gossip. We can insult. We can cuss. And if you've ever, if you've ever lived with someone who's an addict or a narcissist or both, their tongues are full of the Spirit, not the Holy Spirit, but another spirit. Because what do they do? They deny, they diminish, they deflect, they distort, and they will gaslight you. Someone who is an addict or a narcissist will insult you enough to make you think you're the one who's crazy. They do that with their tongues, and they're very good at it. Like I said, the Spirit speaks through them. It's just not the Holy Spirit. As we hear today, St. Paul gives a little, oh, I guess a little hint on what some exorcists use to test to see if somebody is possessed. They'll write on a piece of paper, Jesus is Lord, and they'll say, can you say this? And they'll either duck the question or be bob and weave. I said, just say it. Just say it. Jesse Romero used to go into prisons and he would do that with some of the inmates. And he would say, if you can say this, I'll get you a snack. I'll get you a Snickers or something. And they would bob and weave. They couldn't say it because their tongue was not of the Holy Spirit. Their mouth was overtaken by another spirit. But having said that, that we know that we can tear down and sin with our mouths, with our tongues, we can also build up. We can bring blessings. And when the Holy Spirit takes over our tongues, all of a sudden we find out we can confess our sins. We go to confession. We use our mouths and our tongues because that's the beginning of healing. And then when we do that, we use our mouths and tongues to speak the truth because the truth has to be delivered. We can build up. We can acknowledge. And especially when someone's doing a good job, we can affirm them when they're embracing truth. We can say things that are Hard to say, things like, good job. Things like, I would have to say that I found it hard to make my mouth do. Things like, I was wrong and I'm sorry. That's difficult. But we have to have courage and clarity to do so. And we ask the Holy Spirit today to remind us of our Pentecost moment, that we want all the gifts of the Holy Spirit but particularly today, I'd like to talk about, like I said, the tongue, because it can become twisted like any teenage boy. Because all of us had our own private Pentecost at our confirmation. We received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of counsel. When that bishop put his hand on your head 
smeared the oil and said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you with your mouth and your tongue said, amen, amen. And hopefully it freed up your tongue to do so. I was looking out at the congregation and let me go ahead and say without sounding condescending, I'm very proud of you. Why? Because of these sort of things, I tend to look out at the men. At the eight o'clock mass, I gave them a little bit of a, a chewing out. Because at the, especially the part where we were singing glory to God in the highest, you know what their tongue was doing? Wasn't even moving. I was looking, good job guys, most of your mouths are moving. It starts in here. Because our mouths can be used to praise, to build up, to woo. But sometimes we keep our mouths shut when we shouldn't. And just the opposite when we should. So I would ask all of you, it's not homework per se. The next couple weeks use, find an opportunity to invite someone to Mass. Especially those who haven't been to Mass in a while. Maybe former Catholics, non-practicing Catholics. But don't be afraid to ask your Protestant neighbors, would you like to come to Mass? They do it, and they're good at it. They st sort of stole our thunder. But be brave. Oh, now, you might get nervous. You might strike out. But when you ask the Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. Give me the words to say. He promises disciples, do not worry about but you will say, I will give you the words. And do we believe that? Do we believe that? That we can untie our tongues because you never know where people are at. And you never know who needs to hear your own testimony, even your testimony of failure. Yesterday we did our little walk around ministry and the very first house that we went to, very first door knocked on. Knock, knock. An elderly lady opens the door. I'm Father John. We're from St. Luke. Are you Catholic? No, we're Lutheran. Okay. So I asked, what kind of Lutheran are you? What Lutheran church do you go to? And she started to bob and weave. And then she looked inside her house. She closed the door. She walked up to us and said, I was raised Catholic. And next question, what happened? What happened? Again, she kind of bobbed and weaved. When she came around to it, she just said, thank you for coming. Thank you for asking. Because now we can say, at our great getting up morning, when we rise from the dead and face Jesus again, I can say, I asked her. I tried and I struck out and if she doesn't come, be just like Barbara Math is all over again. It might happen. But at least I asked. But you have that power too. You have been given the gift to the Holy Spirit. But you got to tap into it. You got to turn it up. You got to gin it up or it will go dormant. It will go dormant. Because we have now more of an obligation more than ever to speak the truth. Because I think sometimes what keeps us from professing our faith, defending our faith, spreading our faith, is it is just out of sweat, you know, heart. It's out of fear. Fear of failure. 
fear of looking dumb, fear of being embarrassed, fear of losing a friend or even a family member. But we remember what the master said. If you love your mother or father, son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. That's serious. That's for real. How many of us take that seriously? How, must, how many of us embrace that? How many of us do a compromise our faith for family and friends using, well, their family and friends? This past week, we, we had our priest meeting, and uh, they kind of warned us. They said, uh, listen, uh, if the Supreme Court decision Roe v. Wade is struck down, they might come and disrupt your masses. Okay, what do we do with that? Well, it tells us we have to be ready. And I was listening to a Protestant minister, a Protestant Baptist preacher, and he was telling his congregation the same thing. And he said, if they strike Roe v. Wade down, they're going to be going after the Catholic churches. (laughs) And then he said, let us pray for our brothers and sisters. Wow, even they figured it out. But we use our mouths to defend our faith and life itself. And I think, once again, what keeps us from doing that is fear. And the fear is the opposite of love. And and at times, we remember that the greatest sin is a type of pride. It's a type of pride. And us, that we've just started Pride Month, we remember that this is our chance now This is our chance to speak the truth. The ball has been pitched, and will we knock it out of the park? Or will we stay quiet out of fear of rejection, out of fear of being called names? That's going to happen. I think it's oftentimes, it's a tendency just to go back into our own little rooms where it's safe. But I would ask all of you to tap into your own gift of the Holy Spirit, those of you who have been confirmed, and to have the the strength to speak the truth, to speak invitation, and to build up the church. And if you sense that fear, just to say the same thing you have been saying just in Latin, Veni Sancte Spiritu, come Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Fidein Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.